Well, hello and welcome to the Fandom Lounge. I'm your host, Al Mattingly, also known as the Red Lanyard, and I'm joined with some wonderful guests from the Fandom Correspondence today. Joining us in the Fandom Lounge is the illustrious editor-in-chief, Jacob Hardesty. How are you doing today, Jacob? <laughs> I'm good. I'm eating a donut. I apologize. What <laughs> the actual hell, Jacob? <laughs> you knew we were starting. Oh, Excuse yes. me. Sorry. Sponsored by Grant's Donuts. Yes. You're in the upper area. Go for it, man. They're fantastic. Go for Gramps. They'll, no matter what's happening, they're <laughs> worth the stop. <laughs> Ready? Jacob just out of his mouth. Anyway, it's it's okay. No, we're keeping all this in. We're oh, <laughs> we're rolling with it. No, that, that's necessary. That needs to be in there. <laughs> um, okay. Well, Jacob is eating a donut from Gramps, so I know he's doing great. I'm doing um, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, um, the other voice that you just heard on this podcast is um is the voice of the wonderful and graceful Jenny Hardesty. Jenny, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be back. It's been a minute. It has, dude. We, like, we miss you guys as a whole. For anybody who doesn't know, we live in two different places. Um, So, like, we miss you guys as a whole. But, like, especially when, like, we don't even record with you for a while. We're just like, oh. I know. There's so much disconnect. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm back, though. I'm here to stay. I'm just going to be hopping on everything now. Hell yeah. Well, if Jacob is so obsessed with donuts and you can be on the Star Wars co-host from now on. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, y'all, this is Phantom Lounge. Uh, This is our show. As you can already tell, that's way more just kind of laid back and nonchalant. Uh, We're just talking about the things we've been into here recently, just talking about whatever's on our minds and just hanging out. Um, Speaking of which, um, Jacob, are you at a safe (laughs) capacity that I can ask you a question? (laughs) I I, I am. I absolutely am. Yes, thank you. Wonderful. Thank you for asking, though. (laughs) Of course, no problem. But, um, Jacob, tell me, um, please tell me, what have your your eyes been on on this past week? What kind of thing have you been watching? in your free time let's see well just to give a small plug to another podcast i guess would be the uh the best way to talk about this um i recently watched uh your next um which is the second episode of this year's horror fest and uh your next is fantastic i I I don't want to give any spoilers about it because honestly, like twenty minutes in, that movie changes and you don't really expect it. Um, but it's it's just a really really good horror film. Um, it's technically a slasher film, um, and I just I really enjoyed it. Really great, really great acting. Uh, the the lead actress is really good, and I'm actually kind of annoyed that eleven years later I haven't seen her in anything else. Um, yeah, that's actually true of like a lot of that cast. A lot of that cast has not had a whole lot of work. It's kind of wild. Yeah, it's it's really kind of odd because I kind of I don't remember that being like a massive film. But I remember when it came out, and I remember people talking about it. Um, but you know, but anyways, it's really good. It's definitely worth checking out uh, if you're 
looking for a good uh, spooky movie. Um, also, though, like if you're looking for another good spooky movie, a, a newer one, like one that literally just came out. Um, yeah. Mm. And uh, if you have Disney Plus, you need to check out Werewolf by Night. Um, it once again, it's another it's another one that I don't really want to give too much away because there are there there was a moment that genuinely surprised me uh, because I had no idea um, there was a cameo in this that I had no idea was going to happen. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. But the entire the entire movie was really well done. Uh, it was really well shot. Um, primarily done in black and white, which I thought was a really cool move. Nice. Plus, they were uh, they were able to do a lot with the different with like the shadow effects and everything. Um, directed by Michael Giacchino, I think is how you say his name. He's the composer for uh, the Batman, and this was his directorial mm-hmm. debut. And I think he did a very good job. Nice. And uh, I ho- I hope he does more. Uh, I hope he does more with um, both musically and and from a director's standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, that is uh, that is one of several things that I'm behind on. I haven't uh, watched that yet, but um, actually, I think I might watch that tonight. Actually, or possibly sometime by the end of this week, I plan to have watched the spooky Marvel thing that is released that is released on my <laughs> in my spooky month. I plan I plan to watch that soon. But um, but yeah, okay, nice, nice. Um, Jenny, I'll throw it over to you. What kind of stuff have you been um, watching in your free time? Um, well, just to kind of piggyback off of what Jacob said, like Werewolf by Night is really good. I'm not one that's usually like into like creepy stuff. Um, also, he said it was a movie, and I guess it is, but I consider it a short because I wanted it to be longer. Mm, sure. And yeah. it just it, it offended me how short it was. But anyway, it was really good, very artistic. Um, I really loved it. I want I want more of stuff like that from Marvel and uh, apparently Michael Chino. Um, like go off, like that was just so cool. Like everything about it, like he mentioned the shadows and like it was all black and white and like uh every character was just like had a creepy essence of them even if they weren't supposed to be creepy like i don't know i liked it um and then other than that uh i recently got into um it's another like i don't know what it is like i've gotten into like this weird like habit of watching these like dramas on hulu somehow and okay. like it's uh it's called the bold type and it's like i think they were trying to go for sex in the city but it's better um very aggressive very like i don't know it's good uh highly highly recommend Uh, i've been like five seasons oh yeah that's a whole thing Uh, (laughs) that's what i've been watching um i feel like people anybody big in it i don't think oh uh jan levinson is in it that's that's the main reason i started watching it jan Uh, levinson yes no no gold no gold no no gold gold. um and it's funny uh this last episode i watched she's actually drinking from another mifflin mug that's awesome yeah it's so yeah she's in it um and she she really carries the show she's like the main it's uh it follows these girls they're um they work at this magazine um and this magazine's uh instead of like being like you know people or um i don't know a gossip magazine they're trying to like actually like make change and like be like 
efficient and like activism and stuff like that mm. and um so it follows these three girls that work there one's uh, a writer one does the style stuff and one's the social media and it's just really interesting um so yeah i've, I've been watching that and um and then sea hulk which i'm sure we'll talk about on more podcasts but yep. yeah what about you al nice yeah so um so i've been watching um a few things uh um a couple of them i watched with this the other one i watched um on my own but um uh we've been having um a fantasy filled couple of weeks because uh we've been watching on the rings of power show on amazon prime um as somebody who doesn't know a whole lot about token lore i've i've been really enjoying that show i think it's fun i get to see a lot of work fights and and that's all that's all I really want. So I'm I'm having a blast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but um, and there were also gradually catching up um, on House of the Dragon, which like I was I was hesitant to start that show uh, just because of like how Game of Thrones ended and and how hurt and disappointed I was, um, and like I was hesitant to start it. Um, but Alyssa really wanted to watch it, um, and so so we started watching it. And as we watched it, I was just like, "I hope this isn't good. I hope it. I hope it's bad. I hope, <laughs> I hope I'm right about Game of Thrones." Um, and so so we've been watching it, and um, to my sh- to my chagrin, sh- um, House of the Dragon is awesome. Um, it's a really, <laughs> that's a really good show right there. Um, so if you're into like, um, the classic kind of political intrigue and like interpersonal, um, drama and stuff that, um, was, um, huge, especially in like the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones, um, then this is a really good show to hop on, hop onto. Um, it definitely, definitely feels like s- seasons one and two of Game of Thrones. It's got that kind of vibe to it. Um, so that show's great. Um, and then I also watched um, I'm back on my anime stuff because I watched um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which um, that show's a hoot and a half. Uh, that show just kind of slaps you upside the face with a bunch of crazy stuff in it. Um but, but um yeah that show's been great that is not one to watch with the kids but um <laughs> but um it's really good it really captures like s- cyberpunk like stuff really well like both in like the visuals and the aesthetic of it but like also like the like um the context of it and stuff like c- cyberpunk is like very is like an inherently like kind of dystopian kind of setting and like that's kind of hissed out on sometimes when people try to do cyberpunk stuff because everybody is usually just like oh it's cyberpunk i got my robot legs and my and my laser eyes and i ride around this bright city on my bike and i have sex with my robot legs and and stuff and like like, yeah that's great but like it's also just like um also this is what happens when like you get like super late into like absolute 
capitalism and like everything's awful because everything's owned by corporations um, and stuff. And like you have to have a good insurance plan or else like the EMTs just won't try to save your life and stuff like that. Um, so like it, it captures both sides of it. It captures a really cool sci-fi stuff, but also captures like um, the more darker kind of dystopian stuff I like to see in cyberpunk. So um, yeah, that show's great. Um, episodes are like 20 to 25 and it's long. So you can watch the entire show like in one hitting if you want to. But, um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Um, there's some good shows out there. Um, and I'll be behind on like um, a ton of them. Uh, there's other ones I'm watching, but like as Jenny said, we're going to um, cover a lot of them in a more um, detailed way um, down the road. So for we'll sure, for sure. Um, also, I do want to just mention how cool it was that you said Hoot and a Half, followed by This Isn't Kid Friendly. Um, yeah. I, I really liked that sentence yeah. a whole lot. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Good. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's a hoot and a half. Um, a lot of people get just like torn in half. So, <laughs> so, so, don't, so don't watch that with your kids. But um, man, is it a holler! Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I do want to. I'm just go ahead and ask because last time we did Phantom Lounge, we talked about music that we've been listening to and that was a lot of fun so i will just ask real quick um of both you uh up and you jenny um give us all an artist or like an album with like some new stuff um that you've been listening to to throw on our uh, to throw on our playlist um this week um i'll start with you okay um I don't know. It's not out yet, you know, but uh, the 1975 does come out this week. Uh, the album's going to be called Being Funny in a Foreign Language. And I am confident enough that, one, this won't be uh, published probably until it's out, I'm assuming. Well, it comes out on the 14th. Um, well, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, <laughs> just for you, we're going to do it day of. Today, go listen to the 1975. Today, right now. (laughs) But they've released four singles, and they've all been phenomenal. And so I'm confident enough to say that that entire album just slaps. And, uh, you know, five stars across the board. Um, So happy about where this band's going. Um, So I'm really excited about that. And I will probably talk about the 1975 every fandom lounge, and I'm sorry about that. Actually, I'm not sorry about that. But, you know, uh, y'all get over it. Uh, <laughs> Damn! <laughs> I was actually uh, talking to um, Jacob because he was just looking at me weird. Um, I was looking at you weird. I was not. It was just a feeling I. Got. I, I have loved every single. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Happiness is one of my favorite songs of theirs, like probably ever. Well, maybe you just have resting funny looking. I, you know, I think I do have resting <laughs> funny. That that R that R F L F. You know, you just have you just have that hook. You have a long john halfway hanging out your mouth. I don't know. It's just. Oh, we said long 
long time. He said long time. Man. It's a good thing Zach is on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so just heads up, it was not a long con donut. This idiot is for anyone who is concerned. Just for, yeah. just for anyone who listens back to this. And literally nobody will understand what we're yeah, talking no. about. That's a, that's a weird inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll explain it one day. One day. Uh, We're going to do a podcast on Josh's various takes on donuts. You know, we might do that. That'd be a fun one. I think that'd be great. I don't know if we have enough time, but um, I've also been listening to Panic's new album, uh, which I thought was really good. Um, Weaker than a lot of their music in the past, but like I still liked it quite a bit. Yes, I would Um, agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not really new, uh, but I've been listening to a lot of Run the Jewels. Um, so that's a little nice. random, uh, oh, but yeah. I've really been into Run the Jewels 2. Uh, that album has been heavy rotation. Um, so yeah, that's me. Um, not a whole lot of new, new stuff. Well, like I said, 1975. Yeah, 1975, yeah. 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 That's brand new. That, that's, that's day that's, up. It's literally, like, not even out yet. Yeah. I just know it's going to be so good. So... <laughs> which uh, which panic song is it was it's probably the one you played the most is it don't let the light go out is yeah, that what's called yeah that that's one's it's really good yeah. it's, got like the, it's got like a 1950s like pop kind of feel to me well it definitely reminded me i don't know it reminded me of their older stuff a little bit yeah that's who so yeah. i liked it yeah. it's easily i think the best song on that album like yes i agree with that um for sure. Okay, cool. Nice. Nice. Um, Jacob, how about you? Um, do you have any any wrecks to throw on our playlist this week? Sure. Um, so I don't think I've ever actually talked about this on a podcast, but one of my favorite bands is Coheed and Cambria. Um, Very nice. I just I love Coheed and Cambria. Um, their newest album just came out back in June, I think. And so if you don't know anything about Coheed and Cambria, I'm, I'm not going to go super into it because it, it's a lot. Um, but all – but like one of their albums is part of a continued story that the lead singer uh, is writing to go alongside with the different albums. So each album tells a different chapter basically. Um that throws a lot of people off, especially with some of the different lyrics and some of the different songs. Uh, and a lot of their stuff is weird. I'm, I will, I am not denying that, but it's weird and like the like a almost like a surrealist, just like it's weird, but it's interesting kind of situation. Um, because yeah, weird is weird is awesome, anyways. So yeah. so yeah, um, I just I love everything about their new album. I think it's really good. Um, Disappearing Act and Liars Club are the two standouts for me. Um, the The last song is really good, but the last song is also really long. So I understand that might throw off some people if they're just trying to kind of, if they just want to kind of jump in and kind of get a get like a quick vibe. I think Disappearing Act I think is around three three and a half minutes, and I think Liars Club is around four. So that might be a little bit easier for some people to just kind of listen in and just kind of see what it's like. Um, but if you listen, but in my opinion, if you're really going to jump into Coheed and Cambria, the best way to do it is to listen to the album as a whole, um, especially with Unheavenly Creatures, which came out uh, in 2018, and then this one, which is called um, it's Vaxis Two, and I can't remember what this what the what the col- <laughs> what the what the subtitle of it is, um, but uh, but both of those albums, they they have. 
they almost went like full into like the rock opera kind of idea where like there's continuing themes throughout the entire album that they repeat at different points and different songs. So it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I really love these last two albums. Um, they're probably, they're not, it's not my, my top cause my top will probably always be, uh, man, I love saying this title. Um, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4 <laughs> from 2005. What a move. Um, but it is, it is a move, Because <laughs> um, that album is just fantastic. But uh, but these two are definitely, like, number two and number three for me, probably. I, I'd, I'd say, yeah, already. Um, so, yeah, Co- Coed and Cambria, check them out. Um, and check out their two newest, the Unheavenly Creatures from 2018 and then this one. Um, Vaxus 2, Waking through a window or something so i can't i can't remember what the subtitle is hang on it's really good um there's been such a um resurgence of like i don't know if you'd call coheed emo but i would uh of uh emo bands like just releasing music this year it's been really yeah i'm just a fan of it yeah i would i don't i would say they kind of went right between like the kind of like harder rock they, they if they showed up at a festival with the harder rock guys you'd be like okay cool cody cambria if they showed up at a festival with emo guys you'd be like okay cool cody and cambria they okay, were like right true. in between yeah. in my opinion i mean taking back sundays like that too i mean they've toured with like freaking every genre of oh, yeah. music yeah uh it's called a window of the waking mind excuse me okay there we go all right you were so close. i was so close <laughs> window waking mind um but yes that, that one's really good um Jenny also turned me on to Steve Lacey, oh, I think it's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, pretty good. I forgot about him. him or her and, and Josh as well, but both of them have been playing him at different points. Uh I really like what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I have not listened to it enough to like suggest songs, but just check out Steve Lacey. Apparently the, the newest album is the one you guys have been playing yes. like recently. It's Gre- called yeah. uh Gemini. Gemini, okay, gotcha. It's everything I've heard off of it is really good. Yeah, he's so, pretty cool. Yeah. He's pretty he's pretty cool. Yeah. Big fan. Nice, nice. Yeah, man. Coheed and Cambria take me like right back to like um, late middle school, early high school. Like, right. Yeah, that's one of those bands where like I can like um, I like assign an an era of my life to like specific albums they have. Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. It's great picks. Um, the main album I've been listening to the last couple of weeks. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, um, it's a new album. It came out um, late September. Yeah. Um, but um, it's called The Hum Goes On Forever. Um, it's uh, the new album by the Wonder Years. And like um if anybody has ever like heard anything at all by the wonder years before um this album feels like just like a perfect encapsulation of like everything they've done like it feels um it feels very raw it feels very like uncensored and honest um it's like the same kind of like emo chords and riffs that you expect um the like slower um acoustic songs are like uh, they follow that like 
that like low kind of rising um vibe as the song goes on like um it's just like it as far as albums that like perfectly capture what an artist is about um this album is like the ideal example of what that band does so uh that's been a great album um there's been a i'm sorry Oh, well, I was just going to say, I have a small confession to make. You mentioned the Wonder Years um, in our group chat, and I legit thought you meant the show. And no, it's okay. That happens all the time. <laughs> so, well, but, no, here's the funny thing. When I looked it up, because I was like, oh, I wonder like what they're all about. I Googled it because I thought it was the show, and I was like, maybe they like did a reboot. And they, they have done a reboot. And so I was like, oh, oh let's really be into the – so anyway – uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the band now. Anyway, continue. Nice. I'm sorry. Nice, you should. They're great. No. <laughs> That's great that you just thought. Oh, huh. Small trivia about Al. He's really he's really into the Wonder Years show. Okay. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> I, I, was, I was a little. I was like, wow, it's weird, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, oh uh, yeah. So. Uh, that's a great album um, for s- something new, um, if you're into that kind of um, scene. Um, also, an older album that I recently re-listened to um, is um, Small Change, uh, which is the 1976 album by Tom Waits. Um, I friggin' adore Tom Waits as a musician. Um huge influence on like every musical thing I've ever tried to do on my own. Like um, he's just great. And like that album, it's the perfect way to experience small change by Tom Waits is to just pour yourself like three fingers of bourbon, like take off your shirt and your pants and just like, (laughs) it's <laughs> sit, sit in a comfortable chair and just like allow your body to like relax so that like half of your body is like on the ground and the other half is like in the chair and just like sip on your bourbon and it's in a small change by Tom Waits. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Well, have yourself a night. It'll be good. <laughs> It'll be good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to do that exact thing one day soon now. I absolutely. I, I feel like I need to. It's, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. There's the instructions and everything for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At this point, they sh- should have hired me to do the narration of the remaster of that album. You and could. Just be, just be like, hey, everybody. <laughs> At this point, you should be about um, a quarter of an inch into your bourbon by now. And... <laughs> <laughs> here's here, here's the fourth track of Small Change by Tom Waits. <laughs> but um um yeah that album's great. I love Tom Waits. Um <clears throat> now we're at the part of the show where um I kind of spark some some t- discussion amongst us about like various um just honestly things I've like seen and heard since the last time we recorded a Phantom Lounge, like, that's just, like, kind of my inspiration uh, for the show. But, um, and so, um, the question I have for you all is, um, 
kind of like a personal, like, introspective question, kind of. But um, the question I want to ask you all is, um, here at Phantom Correspondence, we talk about all the things that we're into and we're excited about and we're passionate about and things like that. Um, what is something that you are into, uh, whether it's been for a long time or something you've like recently have gotten into or whatever it might be, what is something that you're into that either you don't really talk about very often or you haven't had the chance to talk about very often or like, um, you think like kind of surprise people about you. What is kind of just like in a relatively unknown kind of interest or passion that you have? Ooh, um, that's a good question. Thank you. Yeah. And so um, either of you can answer that first. If you all, all want some time to think about it, I can go first. It's whatever, whatever you guys are into. Uh, I'm going to need some time to think about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, Jacob, if you want Al to go first. Al, uh, yeah, I kind of want you to go first, man, because I'm I about to think. Because, uh, well, that's, that's the thing is I've basically put everything I love out there with fan correspondence, you know, so, so I'm, I'm about to think but a little bit. There's something. There's yeah. Something. Well, mm-hmm. and that's, it doesn't have to, it could be stuff that just the general public doesn't know, right? Because, I mean, I think it'd be hard yeah. for us to find something that one of us didn't know about the other. Oh, I've got one. For us to have like an actual, like under the wraps kind of secret interest. I don't think that's possible. (laughs) We're we're all pretty like codependent, (laughs) which I'm so thankful for. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, and and I'll open it and I'll open it up a bit. If you can't think of something that you're already into, um, then you can also choose like to share something that like you like to get into eventually that interests you but like you just haven't had time to like invest yourself in it yet i'll give you the option of either one okay but um <clears throat> excuse me oh my gosh excuse me um but um yeah anyway um i am really into um and like i don't know like how like um unknown this will actually be but i am really into martial arts so like um i was in taekwondo in high school and um a little bit in middle school too but um i was in taekwondo and like I got really, really um, invested in it as well. Um, um, I got up to a brown belt um, in Taekwondo. Oh. Uh, one of like the biggest regrets that like I have in my life, and like I don't have a lot of them honestly. I'm very happy with my life, but um, yeah. one of the biggest regrets I do hit, I do have, is that um, I did not um, continue on and take the exams for black belt. Um, I wish I had, but, um, but um, I'm really into martial arts. I'm really into the discipline aspect of it. I'm really in to the fact that like, there are 
so many styles of it. And with that, like with each style, there are like other kinds of divisions of styles and subdivisions and, and things like that um, within it. And all of those have like interesting and unique ideologies that go with them as well. So like, for example, the Taekwondo instructor that I had, um, he had learned Taekwondo uh, when he was in the military and he had learned it from his officer who was from South Korea. And one of the really interesting things that he taught me about it when I was um, studying under him is that like there are like a lot of really stark differences and contrasts between Taekwondo as it's taught in South Korea compared to how it's taught in North Korea. And like then within that like South Korean Taekwondo has like half a as in like smaller schools with like different approaches to it within that and same for in the north and that's just like one school of thought on like on one forum and there's like dozens of other approaches and things like that and so like um so yeah i just think it's really cool um that is probably reflected in the fact that like i like hiding games a lot and like martial arts films and like I'm really like interested in like the fighting choreography and like the MCU films and stuff like that but um yeah it's just really cool I wish that there were more places around me that taught on that kind of stuff because around me like it's really hard to find anything that isn't like um geared towards kids or like is MMA not that there's anything wrong with MMA, but like that's just not the kind of thing I'm interested in. Sure. Uh, so like that's a shame, that part of it. But um, but yeah, man, it's just really cool. It was really awesome. Um, it also helped that like when I was doing Taekwondo in high school, I was in like the shape of my life, and like I'm very old and out of shape now, and <laughs> and I yearned for those days <laughs> when I was disciplined and active um but um yeah man it's cool stuff if you have kids or like even if even if like just you yourself if you've ever been like interested in it um anybody out there then you should give it a try it's really fun it's really cool you um, you learn a lot about like other cultures as you do it and stuff and it's i don't know it's a good way to stay in shape so so it's Pretty fun. That's, that's yeah. really awesome, Al. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I knew that about you, but not the full extent of it. You know what I mean? I, I didn't. I, I feel like I've heard him talk about it before. If if he had, I completely forgotten about it. Um, <laughs> I have a question, though. No, you mentioned, okay. like, could you not pick it up, like, where you left off? Um, I don't think I could. Okay. Because, no. um, yeah, like the... Um, the exams you do for each um, level and stuff like um, are designed uh, specifically like by that particular like instructor or like the Ojo or whatever it may be. So like if I were there to pick it up again, I would have to restart and like I think I would go through things pretty fast. I'd like to think so, but mm -hmm. um, it would be a 
a lot of work I'd have to redo. So I don't know if I'd be into that, but yeah. Okay, I was just curious. That's cool. Yeah. You're That's right, right though. Like anytime I've ever looked into something like that, it is mostly geared for kids. And like, um, cause I, for a while wanted to try uh, Krav Maga and the closest place is Lexington. And I'm just like, well, it is what it is, but. Well. I guess I guess we'll have to relocate. I don't know. What to do. <laughs> I guess that's what I need to do. <laughs> so, I, I gave you a look, not because I I knew you you were considering Krav Maga. Is that targeted towards children too? Like no no, no. That, okay no. no I don't I've never seen any Krav Maga that was targeted because that's the one that like is like going for like kills. Yeah, correct? it's a military yeah. form of uh, the, martial arts, but yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, it's actually more than that. Like I don't want to like insult the part of it by saying sure, that but, yeah um yeah look into look into all martial arts it's cool i was right it's cool stuff it's pretty cool but uh yeah yeah um how do i open it up to y'all okay um i can go ahead and go um it's not nearly as fun as that i think we're all like thinking about martial arts now uh, but, um, <laughs> everybody was kung fu fighting it's true <laughs> it's that's facts on facts um <laughs> uh something people might not know about me um which i feel like y'all probably do but i do love to paint um and i've really been wanting to get back into that lately uh i was an art major in college before i went to cosmetology which i guess cosmetology and art kind of like they're you know it's a form of art i suppose but um but yeah, uh, I'd really like to do that again. I don't even have like anything I've ever painted. I don't know where any of that is anymore. But um, but yeah, that's something I really love. Um, I probably felt most like myself when I was painting and into art. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why we as humans get away from that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, I don't want to get too phil- philosophical. Whoa. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah uh painting and just creating in general i just like creating stuff um even like craft stuff like yeah that kind of stuff yeah. and stuff and stuff i don't know how many times yeah. i can say that but anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i got you that's great no like um i did know that like um you were i'm an art student in school and that like you did um a lot of artsy stuff. I have a ton of people in my life who do artsy stuff. And, like, I'm so envious of it. Because, like, when it comes to, like, any of, like, the visual arts, um, I, like, have no skill or talent or ability whatsoever. And, like, I see people who do and they, like, are able to do however they use the arts and stuff and and do something that's very cool and, like, um, interesting and beautiful and stuff and it's just like oh wow it's just like i just do like little dudes who are sticks and that's about all i do but well, um whatever. art's subjective <laughs> i bet it's awesome oh yeah it's great sticks it's it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> they're very expressive <laughs> um but um no i do want to ask was there especially where you like you were also on like the acad epic side of it too um was there like a particular like like i know at least one but like was there um were there any particular artists who like um, you were particularly 
drawn to or had like um, an influence on like your own art or like a, a school that like you were really into or anything like that? Um, so obviously Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh, uh, very interested in him. Uh, I would say he like, I was already interested in art when I enrolled in school, but like the way my art teacher like told his story and like just kind of explained like his style and everything like it grabbed me and like just like I became obsessed um so Van Gogh is definitely like up there for me um oddly enough uh Picasso and uh Henry Matisse um are other another uh two are two other artists that um I find very fascinating um Picasso especially uh I don't know. I I like assholes, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Van Gogh was very much not. He was like just like a very like kind soul. So it's really interesting that I have as much love for Picasso as I do. But um, but his creativity was just very inspiring. And like I mean, there's just so much that we use today. Like just like almost. I mean, in almost everything, there's a little bit of Picasso. Honestly, mm-hmm. like it's really insane. Um, uh, but yeah, I would say those three. Uh, well, and Artemisia Gillespie. Uh, I always mess up her last name, even though I did my entire art final on her. I did like a <laughs> ten-page paper on this girl. Uh, but I love her. Um, she did. Um, she did a lot of. Uh, for, um, oh my God, what's his name? Uh, Josh, what's Artemisia's uh, mentor's name? Um, Carvaggio, sorry. Carvaggio um, okay. was uh, her mentor, and so she did um, a lot of like reworks of his art, but like had her own twist on it. She's really like before her time in that, t- like, because she did like these um, paintings about how she would like murder like her rapist and stuff like that, which, and this is like in the Broke period. So this is like centuries ago, and you just didn't mm-hmm. see artists especially female artists painting stuff like that because they were painting like flowers and which was all great but you know to express yourself in that way as a female in that time was just like mind-blowing so um anyway oh. didn't, didn't mean to go on like a full tangent on all that but no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay that's awesome yeah um i looked her up because like i hadn't heard i hadn't heard of her and i hadn't heard of henry I don't know a whole lot about art, as as everybody can obviously tell now. But um, but like um, I looked her up, and like one of the first results is this like super badass painting of like of like her using a sword to like cut off a dude's head, and it's yeah. incredible. It's awesome. The, uh, I believe it's the beheading of uh, Horus, maybe. Okay, I gotcha. nice. Ah, that's cool. Okay, cool. But uh, no, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly why. That's exactly why I ask these things. And so <laughs> more and, and well, so maybe even on top of that too, just getting back into art history the way I was, because like there was this like I was very well versed in it, and like I don't know, I feel like I've fallen off. You know, like how you just like you read about mm-hmm. stuff and know so much about a subject, and then like years pass, and you're like, I actually know nothing about that now, and it's I don't know. 
So yeah, art history is uh, definitely a passion of mine too. So. That's great. Yeah, it is. It's a badass painting. And she has several of those telling a story. So like, there's like a couple of paintings where they're just like chilling, eating fruit and like his head's like sitting beside them. And like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> She's right. Yeah, no, that, there's a, this, that, Presumably, that asshole's head is just all over the, this woman's paintings for, for a few, I would say at least like a year or so. Uh, well, and she herself was, so Judith um, and that story was um, Caravaggio's like first paintings, but uh, Artemisia was also uh, raped. And so when she like kind of put her own like spin onto that and everything. So anyway. Yeah, what about you, Jake? Yeah, this is... I man, I, I don't want to follow that because uh, that, that's really cool. Um, all right, well, so Al's gonna think I'm I'm ripping I'm ripping off of him, um, but uh, but I, I had been thinking about this um, already because because it is it is something interesting that I would eventually like to like to devote more time to. Um, so our dear friend Micah uh, Micah Huber who uh, is a friend of the podcast um, and the fan of correspondence in general. Um, he studies what is called HEMA, which is historical European martial arts. Um, what that typically translates into for what most of us would call that is like sword fighting and fencing, basically. Um, but it goes far beyond that into really just the idea of medieval European fighting styles, pretty much. Um, and there was a point in time where, because for those of you who don't know, which I've, if you, I've, I feel like I haven't talked a whole lot about this too, on the on the podcast itself. So while you may not know, I am attempting to write a fantasy novel and a fantasy series. That's what I'm working on right now. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do, though, is I wanted to be fairly accurate in the way I was describing um, the fight scenes and different things that happen in the book, because a lot of times um, when you have a fantasy series, be it a movie or a book um, or a show, they will do certain things that are not necessarily traditional, but they look cooler on screen or they sound cooler like on a page or something like that. My goal was to do something – was to kind of have a mix of that where it's – it is – as accurate as it can be, but it's trying to pick out multiple different scenes that sound interesting and are still historically accurate to the way that a fighting style would happen during that time period. Mm -hmm. um, so because of that, I have been picking Micah's brain quite a bit um, on different things and different fighting styles. Um, but I've also been checking out Matt Easton, um, who – most of you may not know his name, but if you're if you're following IGN on on YouTube at all, um, he is the sword expert reacts to fill in the blank. So it, every video that they have done of that of sword expert reacts to Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, all of those have been him, and uh, he also has his own YouTube channel where he does like personal reviews of like smaller fight scenes that he gets requested for. Um, he's really interesting to listen to one, um, one thing I really like about him is he is, 
he accepts that Hollywood has to do certain things to make things look more interesting. And if, when it comes to a film. And so there will be points of times where like someone will do something like, I'm, I'm let's see what, what, what did I watch recently? Um, okay. So for one, he hates any time that someone puts their sword like into the ground, like that they jam it into the ground. He hates it so much. Um, we were watching the fight scene, or he was reviewing the fight scene from the Tower of Joy in uh, Game of Thrones season six, um, which is a really cool fight scene, and he really he really likes it actually. But the first thing Arthur Dane does is take like one of the like three most famous swords in Westeros at the time and just jams it into the ground, and he immediately stops the video and he's like, "Okay, I need to explain to you why that's so wrong," and of course it it blunts the blade and so on and so forth. Um, but he does mention he's like, but at but at this point it's a standoff. It looks like a cool move because it is just something you're just jamming into the ground. You're just like cross the line kind of situation, you know. Like if if you if you want to fight me, that kind of situation. So I he I really like that aspect where he is very fair, um, but at the same time he's also explaining why it isn't traditional or what they would have done traditionally, um, which I really like that aspect because it is. It's teaching you something new as well as showing, at least for me, showcasing something that I've watched you know, for years. Lord of the Rings uh, in particular, um, he hates <laughs> – he hates the way archery is done in that movie. Um, <laughs> not primarily because he says – he's like he, – uh, he says with the exception of Boromir, they always act like arrows are, one, are just one-hit kills. And he's like, that's not the way it works. No matter how good Legolas is, you know, if you have a, a giant Uruk, it's going to take probably more than one arrow to really take him down. Um, so I, I don't know. I've really just enjoyed his videos. Um, it's been it's been really interesting, kind of jumping into that. Um, I have attempted to look at our local library for different books on the subject. We do not have a whole lot um, at ours, but I know that there are certain places that they do, um, and we have some stuff about like more like medieval history. But like the actual sword fighting, like treatises and different things like that, I think you, uh, if you were interested in like getting into any of that, you will have to look online. Um, which eventually, I would love to really actually like study it and actually, eventually, uh, I would love to. Um, Actually, not. I don't know if I'd ever actually like jump all the way in into doing it regularly the way that our friend Micah does. But I would love to go to a meeting or a class or what, whatever the the technical term is for it, um, and just watch them because it's it's incredibly interesting to me. Um, and I know that even uh, there's a lot of different people who um, are doing like Jedi trainings and like Witcher trainings um, where they are attempting to do sword fighting and different things like that, where they are taking um, stuff from HEMA and turning it into stuff that's basically that's working off of the Star Wars and the Witcher universes as well. Um, in the similar vein of martial arts, like you said, like you're studying something that is a uh, Sure, I mean, it's based around something that we watch, you know, a fantasy series or something that we jump into, but you are actually working up through something the same way that you would, like a, a traditional martial arts system. Um, I don't know if there's anything like that near here. I know that there is a Jedi group that meets um, 
every week around here. Oh. I I have not been yet. I I I first was I don't have I don't have a lightsaber yet. Sure. I need to get a lightsaber, uh, like a, like an actual like dueling one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would like to go at least one time and see kind of what what the vibes are, because um, I feel like. Wanting to learn how to actually like do a dueling like system, something like that, you would want to have someone that like you can actually trust, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, that's not something as much as like, you know, oh, yeah, I'll go hang out with these guys and kind of see what's up. That's something that you're, it's like, all right, let's kind of see what, what's going on here before I commit to anything, that kind of situation. But, uh, but yeah, so getting into actual, um, like traditional, uh, HEMA. Is, is something that I have been more interested in, really kind of studying the actual, like, traditional medieval ways of fighting. And unfortunately, one thing that is bad about it is, um, and because I, I, I complained about this to Micah, I was like, I can't watch a lot of movies, um, or I can't turn my brain off of that aspect when I'm watching a lot of these films. Um, when I'm watching certain fights, even, even if it is a hand-to-hand fight, if I'm watching a certain fight scene, my immediate thought now is like, well, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? What could they have done better choreography wise? Is that was that move worth it to sacrifice what actually looks correct? You know, so I don't know. It's it's hard to turn my it's hard to turn my head off now uh, when when I'm watching certain things. Um, I will say, House of the Dragon has done really well so far this season, um, and watching like traditional sword fights and everything. So yeah, very cool. Yeah, um, Hema is really cool. It was very cool. Um, it's um, as far as those kinds of things go. I know the community is very small. Um, it isn't as small as some might assume, but um, um, it is like um, a very tight knit group, um, uh, which is very cool uh, um, in a lot of ways. Um, I know Ika is exactly the same. Um, he like um, I showed him the Arthur Dane scene from game of thrones because i wanted his opinion on it and stuff and at the end of it he was just kind of like yeah that's cool i know that was right but it was cool (laughs) 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 it's it's like yeah probably (laughs) but um but i know he is really neat um uh, it's a very very cool interest um and i will say if you do go and try out um lightsaber duels with uh, the Jedi group. I feel like that, um, that merits a like full on podcast interview about the things like you saw and experienced there. And like, uh, absolutely. What that's all about, because like, I want to know like, okay, are they t- teaching like all heaven s- s- styles? Mm. Of, of lightsaber fighting like oh. if they are like who's the dude who's who's like hang ponging off of everything in sight and do, <laughs> doing backflips like yep. Yoda does <laughs> like, yep. I want to know but um, oh, no that's great nice uh, okay y'all um, we're gonna wind down um, this episode of Fandom Lounge um, or potentially rather wind up as it goes um with um something that's become my favorite segment because every time we do it people um talk about just like completely different things and it's really fun to see where it goes but um we are going to wind down here in a bit with um our um 
our five and it's soapbox rant where mm. um, each of us gets um, about five minutes or so to just kind of rant about whatever's been on their mind. It can be something positive. It can be something negative. It could just be like a, a, a thought exercise they've had that week. Um, uh, just whatever has been on your mind, you know, just uh, um, to say it as a youth pastor might um, just sh- share what's ever on your heart. And um and we'll <laughs> and we'll work through it together. Um, uh, before we jump into that though, I do want to very quickly plug a couple things um, coming at you from um, the fandom correspondence. Uh, we have a couple of ongoing shows right now um, that are a ton of fun. As Jacob said earlier, Josh and I are doing Horror Fest. We are um um at least probably. By the time this comes out, we'll probably be a couple episodes deep. If not, then soon. Um, a couple episodes deep in a horror fest. Um, we've covered the original Halloween, and we've covered your next, uh, as Jacob has already said. Uh, we have um, um, a bunch more episodes to come. And then um, Josh and Jacob are also doing um, a series called Brothers with Issues, where they're covering all of the um, ongoing um, comic book events. Um, they've got issues and you'll want them too. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, now, whether you'll be able to afford all 1800 issues that um, are coming out with the Judgment Day event, uh, <laughs> that remains to be seen. But um, they are covering that even then. Um, they're doing a whole lot of hard work. So um, um, it's a great show. Everyone should take out for sure. Um, and we have other projects, of course, quickly approaching us uh, down the road. So um, have an ear out for that. Follow us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, and then follow us on Instagram uh, where we update everything um, new we put out as well. Um, now, um, Jenny, would you be so kind to start us off with our soapbox section for today? Um, sure. Um, I can't really think of anything. <laughs> you don't uh, have to start if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe let Jacob go first. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Um, uh, Jacob, would you like to start? Our soapbox I, I would love to, and I'm actually starting up my timer. Oh boy, there we go. All right. <laughs> sorry, we got uh, like things disassembling somewhere around here. Uh, anyways. <clears throat> all right, starting up a timer, and all right. So, for those of you who do not know, Overwatch Two came out this past week, oh, um, and bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, I on on the same podcast that Al Mattingly is on, I'm <laughs> going to mention Overwatch Two, um, which I would almost, I would soon, I think I would almost. Uh, feel the same way about saying, like, oh, Magneto's a villain in front of Josh. Um, maybe not as extreme, but it's it's up there. So, for those of you who do not know, I love Overwatch. I have lo- I love the first game. Uh, I've put over 700 hours into the game. Um, I have a lot of great memories playing with Josh and our friends Micah and Kyle and... And Al as well, even though he he focuses on the bad. And I, and I understand that because there is... It gets rough at times. Um, so much bad. But but there is a lot of bad. But we did we did. There are also great moments that we did have a lot of fun with. Um, 
but but I do understand because the because the community can get very toxic, and obviously if there's ever a point where no matter what fandom you're into, if you feel as though you are part of any kind of toxic community, obviously remove yourself from that as quick as you can because no matter how much you're enjoying a show, a game, a movie, a comic, whatever, your mental health and how you feel about it is way more important than anything else going on at that point in time. Um, that being said, if you were interested in trying Overwatch 2, it has been a lot of fun. I have really enjoyed it. Um, they obviously did have quite a few issues at the start. Um, for those of you who do not know, it has gone to a free-to-play model with a battle pass. Yes, very similar to uh, Modern Warfare's uh, Warzone, but more. Uh, but obviously the biggest one is Fortnite um, that is similar to. And I, I was iffy at first. I really was. I actually kind of like the battle pass system. You don't have to... You don't have to worry about doing just the loot boxes and not knowing what kind of skins you're going to get or what kind of emotes or things like that. Instead, you have a goal that you're working towards. I kind of like that a little bit better. Um, it it does cost ten dollars per season, which I think is a th- I think it's a three month season. Um, so yeah, you're paying forty bucks a year if you want to do the battle pass. Um, but you don't have to if you don't want to. You can still earn things for free. You don't earn as much. I will readily admit that. Um, and there are certain things that are locked behind the battle pass. But if you are so inclined and you want and you want to do it, it's not a terrible system. Um, that being said, there have been a lot of people who have been upset about the battle pass, and they've been upset about different things that um, – Activision and Blizzard have done with the rollout of the game, and I get that. Are they a perfect company? Not by any means at all. Uh, Look at anything over the last few years. Um, But I do think that the creative team for Overwatch, I think they have been working very hard on getting this game out, and from that aspect, it is worth checking out because there are a lot of really interesting things that they have updated. A lot of characters are different, and... um, most of the changes that have happened to the characters, um, I've actually enjoyed more than I thought I would. Um, in particular, the 5v5, only having one tank on a team now. Uh, I really thought I would actually hate that. I really did. Um, I don't hate it as much as I thought I would. Because now it's more of a game of making sure your one tank is defended uh, and healed. And also it makes games a lot faster um, and faster paced. And you can't really bunker down anymore, uh, which ha- which was a big issue with certain characters such as Bastion, um, because they changed up with the way he works too. And it's been, I don't know, I've just I've really had a lot of fun with it, with the different changes, and I've really enjoyed um, seeing kind of how the game has evolved. And uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see more of the PVE, which is coming next year. I. That is one thing I will admit. I do think they were they released about six months too early, um, because I would I would have I, I think the game would have done a lot better if it was just dropping immediately with the PVE um, and different events and other maps and everything going on. But I do think that the it's still good and it's still fun to play, um, and it honestly it's reminded me a lot of like when Overwatch first started. I got into a game yesterday, the day before with this random guy and we each had a mic and sure enough, we became halfway decent friends and we played like three matches together and we just rocked it and it was a lot of fun. So I really enjoyed that and I've really enjoyed Overwatch and now my time is up. Go play Overwatch if you want to, if not, unless it is hurting your mental state and I totally get that. 
So yeah, have a good day. All right, um, Jenny, um, let's call over um, the little town crier boy to um, take out his brush and brush off these whole box there. <laughs> and um, and um, say, Jenny, um, if you are ready, um, then the soapbox is yours for five minutes. Okay. Um, look, it's not going to be anything like controversial or anything. Um, I just want to talk about uh, Dreamlight Valley. Uh, it's the new uh, Disney game that uh, it's very much a uh, comfort core, if that's a thing. Um, kind of like uh, Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, that kind of game, only with Disney characters. Um, and it's really cool. Uh, it's um, it's kind of like the premise of it, and this isn't like spoilery or anything, but you uh, get to like this little like village, and Merlin is acting a fool, right? As he does. Uh, Merlin from Sword in the Stone. Uh, if you aren't like up on your Disney characters and um, he's like, what's going on? And basically what's going on is kind of like um, if you're familiar with Once Upon a Time and how like all of those people like forgot like who they were and like it was like a whole thing. It's kind of like that, but different because not only have people forgotten and characters forgotten who they are, they're also like they just vanished from the valley and they're like doing some weird stuff. So you're having to like go on these like adventures to find um, like Donald Duck and like uh, Moana and Wally and like a bunch of other characters, basically anybody that's in the Disney verse, which is like never ending um, and bring them back to the village to help everybody like remember who they are and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just really fun. Uh, but meanwhile, you're also like fishing and cooking and um, learning magic, and uh, Scrooge McDuck is kind of like the Tom Nook character, if you will, where he's like, you know, give me money and you can like, you know, build a house or something like that. Um, I can't think of like other things he does. Like, it's a lot. No, you're right. There's, there's so much. Like, uh, but it's really fun. Um, and it's like just been very comforting to play that. Um, and I think everybody needs it. It's like cross-platform too. Well, no, it's going to be. It's like on every platform right now. And eventually I think they're going to make it to where you can like interact with each other and all that jazz. Um, wow, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. But it, it gets like really like deep though because like Minnie's making missing making <laughs> Minnie is missing and Mickey is having a really hard time and he it, it gets real very quickly he, no he's you laugh but he is like <laughs> he's he's if you ever want to know what a depressed Mickey Mouse looks like play this game it's rough <laughs> may, I, may I interrupt your soapbox just for a quick moment I mean I guess okay because I there's the time okay I appreciate that <laughs> Because there is a point in this game where you're supposed to help Mickey build a picnic mm -hmm. to bring back the good thoughts of Minnie. Yeah. <laughs> when you do this, her spirit shows up. Yeah. Like a ghost. And then it vanishes. And then again. vanishes. And then, like, Mickey, like, starts treating it like she was here. You saw her, right? 
and it's it it, it took a turn, man. Because you're like all like, yay, we're on a picnic, and then Mickey is like just like staring and like it's it, just it's it's rough, it's, man. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know this sounds weird if you haven't played it, um, but like. But, yeah, he, but, then, he's still, and, and, but he's still Mickey Mouse, so he's still like, at least I have you with me. Yeah, you know? yeah, so he's like, you know, toxic positivity type thing. But, um, so, <laughs> I, I forgot to mention, though, um, it's very choose-your-own-adventure. So you can, like, when you're talking to these characters, you can choose, like, what you say to them or whatever. And there's one part where you can, like, literally just be like, Mickey, are you okay? And so, <laughs> and, and he'll, he'll be like... <laughs> He'll be like, I'm just glad you're here. I feel like there's hope at the end of the tunnel. And it's like, it gets deep, okay? This game goes everywhere. That's all I got to say about that. I highly recommend it if you are into Disney. Um, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and also sad. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> when, you, when you said... That Minnie is missing and Mickey's having a hard time. <laughs> I just imagined just Mickey Mouse just like in a rocking chair, just surrounded by liquor bottles. No, I mean, it's close not to far that. off. You're not far off. Like, I mean, I think it, just because they want to keep the E rating, that's that's not, you know, where they took it. But I think the original drawing board for this was that because he is like, he, I've never seen Mickey like this. That's all I gotta say. And Jacob's witnessed it. It's not just yeah, me. Yeah, no, like, no, dude. I will. That's incredible. I will. He, he is factually accurate. Like on everything oh, he said. It's so good. <laughs> just like, hey Mickey, are you okay? And he he just turns to look at you and he's just like, well, you think. You think the flowers would still grow if they knew the sun was never coming? <laughs> just like, oh, whoa, Mickey. He does talk about gardening a lot because Minnie loves flowers. That's really funny. Because he'll be like, I just want the garden to look the way Minnie did before. And da, da, da. it's like a whole thing. I mean, it's, it's really funny. I, I do, I, spoiler alert, I do plan on starting this game over and streaming it because uh, I think it's so fun. And I think. I think it'd be a fun game to stream. Um, so I do plan on doing that. And you can witness uh, Mickey's depression with me. It, oh. it really is a blast to play, though. Like, it really is. That is, oh, that is so insane. Like, I, I, I'm usually not one to advocate for microtransactions. But, like, if I were playing that game and there was, like, a Punisher skin for Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I would buy that in a heartbeat. <laughs> that very well could be a thing. Because, I mean, Disney owns that. So we'll see. Yeah. I'll keep you updated. But yeah. Uh, look look for, for that coming soon. I think I'm way over my uh, soapbox time. Jacob hasn't said anything. Don't worry about that. That's okay. but, uh, but anyway. You're fine. <laughs> I, I interrupted, so you're good. It's just incredible. Oh, man. It's not where I was expecting that to go at all. That's great. Ooh, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, I guess it's um, it's down to me now. Um, and um, Josh is not on this episode, but um, I've got Josh's back because I'm going to be talking about a um, – a topic that's very Josh-esque, um, I feel like. 
So let me get my timer out and get to going. <clears throat> okay, so um, Black Adam comes out this month. Um, for anybody who forgot about that, um, please send me the way that you were able to forget that Black Adam comes out this month because it feels like every time I get on the internet, it's just hours of ads of just like, hey, did you know Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Black Adam? Um, but uh, that comes out this month. I see like random like headlines and like snippets of stuff on Instagram because like the Instagram algorithm is terrifying and like somehow knows I'm into like comic book stuff and so, <laughs> and, and so it's just so um i see like random like quotes and random headlines and things like that about how like you know like um like dwayne the rock johnson has demanded that like henry cavill come back as superman to have like a superman versus black adam film um and just like various things like that and it's just like you know and affleck returns the Batman suit and things like that. Um, and like TC, like I want TC's um, cinematic stuff. I want that to be good and to succeed so badly because I adored TC comics. Um, but like the way they're going about it, is so insane from like having like just like at any at any given day there's like five different actors who are playing Batman, which is hilarious to me and then like you have things that like apparently Dwayne the Rock Johnson has been given like way too much control over the DC <laughs> cinematic universe's future because he keeps like saying in interviews like how like well i was like supposed to show up in like a shazam film first but like i, I didn't think that was fair to black adam's character and he should have like his own film and his own saga and stuff which like of course it'd be very weird for like a originally shazam villain to show up in a shazam film um and and like apparently he like he was the one who like who demanded his own film or demanded like a showdown with like S superman in a sequel or like whatever it might be and like he's he's being basically set up it sounds like to be like the new face of the dc cinema stuff um which is wild because that film isn't out yet um they it's obvious from the trailers that like they're changing a lot about the character <laughs> So, like, it won't even be the actual, like, accurate version of Black Adam. And, like, while all this is happening, while, like, all of the Batman are showing up and, like, there's rumors about Henry Cavill coming back and and this big old Black Adam thing is happening and, like, changing the face of the ECCU as we understand it. Um, the Flash is still coming out. Um, which, like, is being led by a actor who like had like a sex cult with like underaged people in it um but you know they're still to impress and they're still um heading back to the studios to the studio for reshoots 
and stuff like that. Um, so that's great. So like, it's at a point where like the the argument for TC to just scrap everything except for um, a Batman and just restart from there. Like, it's getting to a point where that argument is getting more and more impossible to argue against. Because, like, because now we're being faced with a TCCU with several different actors as Batman. Um, The Flash rebooting everything while that actor has proven to be a horrible individual. Um, And for some reason, the new face of the landscape is going to be Black Adam um, with The Rock playing him, which like all love to The Rock. That's fine. But he's one of the most generic action hero actors I've ever seen. Um, So it just it makes me sad. I guess that's the last point is it makes me sad. I just want the DCCU to be good. Um, and just okay. here we are with everything. So so that's my five. Um, hopefully I did um, Josh good there with that rant. But, um, but yeah, well, hopefully. I do, I do plan to go see Black Adam because like, I want to see what that film is going to be. Um, I want to see it. Hunter Fate and Hawkman at the end of the day. Those are like the main um, things I want to see out of it. But, um, and I want to go and see it with Josh. We have to figure out a way to make that happen because I want to, after watching Snake Eyes with Josh, I can't go back. I can't go go back to watching things that are special to him that he hates without him being beside me. I can't do it anymore. That's fair. That's an experience. It is. It is. Oh, man, this one for everyone to behold. But, um, all right, y'all. Thank you very much for hanging out, guys. This was fun. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Um, Y'all, if if everybody listening to it, if y'all are into it, then as I've said, we have a bunch of ongoing shows uh, that are coming out. Uh, We have a bunch of projects coming up at the end of the year. That's always fun. Um, and if you really, really enjoy us, um, and want to give us a little extra support, then you can head over to the Phantom Correspondence on Patreon, um, um, and give us whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, and that's always a huge help because we loved doing this stuff. Um, and we have a whole lot more, um, flexibility to do even more things, um, with that kind of support. Um, but even if you can't. Um, that's totally fine. We just really appreciate you hanging out with us um, and listening to all of our things. Um, so that's me for Fandom Lounge. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jenny. And we'll close by Thank saying... Thank you, Al. Yeah. And uh, we'll close by saying um, that Fandom is for everyone. Um, and I hope all of you can find ways to um, experience your passions in healthy ways. So have a wonderful week. Tune in hollering. <laughs> I'll keep that in there. That was incredible. Absolutely. <laughs> Hooting and hollering. Hooting and hollering. <laughs>